White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Oh, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. Follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23. That is E-C-N-E-R-W-A-L-2-3 for Rob Ventura. That's Lawrence spelled backwards. Chris Tannehill. Chris Tannehill on Twitter. And our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, if you go there, subscribe. Maybe you can be a recipient of a Locked On Socks prize pack. I got the shirt on right now, so it's a, a very, very comfortable shirt. I drove from uh, South Carolina all the way to Cincinnati. How long is on. It how long feels that? good. Uh, it's uh, supposed to only be 10 hours. It turned out to be 12 because we had other things wrong. So it was, <laughs> you know, not with us. It was just, you know, an accident, yeah. a lot of rain on the way. So it's 12 hours. We're finally here, but Without any further ado, well, actually, let me give out the phone number. 312-566-8727 to leave us a voicemail. That is Harold Baines, A.J. Brzezinski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson to leave us a voicemail. And if you want to leave us a regular email, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. But here is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you doing? Oh, I've had better days, Herb. Today sucked, man. Uh, I know you're you're kind of out of it. Uh, you, I know you're still following everything going on. But uh, to be working uh, in sports media today, especially under the, the White Sox lens, it was a tough day today. And we'll get to some of those voicemails. I gave people the opportunity to vent on the voicemail today, and they certainly did so. But we, today was supposed to be our prop bets and our win total show and our prediction show basically well the prediction show comes next week but uh, it was supposed to be our betonline.ag betting show where we put our money where our mouth is and sadly our plans have changed a bit with the injury to Eloy Jimenez Uh, came out today after the ball game two days ago uh, where Eloy tried to rob that home run in a spring training game it comes out yesterday that Eloy uh, has torn his left pectoral tendon and it, it wasn't a good day, man. It was just it was a heavy vibe with Rick Hahn doing the Zoom call today. So if you if you didn't get a chance to watch it or hear any of it, let's just get right to the meat of it. When could we possibly expect Eloy to return to the South Side? Again, the the general prognosis for this type of repair to return to play from surgery date to return to play is generally five to six months. If it's five, that's the end of August. If it's six, that's towards the end of the regular season. Uh, but each of these things vary based upon the individual. Uh, unfortunately, we've got a little experience with Eloy's healing, and he, but he does tend to be a quick healer. Uh, we'll just have to wait to see. I, I really, uh, if we knew today it was going to be the whole season, we'd, we'd tell you. We certainly don't want to create unrealistic expectations, uh, but we're not at the point yet where we're, we're calling this the, uh, a season-ending injury. Uh, yes, on the outer bounds of it, it does have that potential, but there is also the potential for him to return you know, sooner than the month of September even. So Rick Hahn in another unenviable position today, meeting the media under bad circumstances. Um, it, this, this really sucks, man. It, you know, One of our favorite players here goes down, and I don't want to sit here 
and and chastised the young man for trying to make a play in a spring training game. You know, I remember I'm old enough to remember uh, when Robin Ventura lost his season in a spring training game. This is back before games were televised, so you didn't have the luxury. Well, I wouldn't say luxury. It was a, it was a nasty play where he injured his leg sliding into home plate. You know, these things happen, man, and, you know, it wasn't the smartest baseball play. We'll get to what Steve Stone said here in a second, but I'm just not going to waste energy in in being angry at the man. Like, he's going to miss a prime year in his career on a team that's already good. So I think that's that's bad enough already for Eloy, but it's just it's it's not fun, and it certainly changes uh, the the outlook of the season possibly for the White Sox here. But I, I guess you know what, what I'm getting at here is this could have happened. He could have torn Achilles, like you know, running to first base. Like these things are fluky and they happen. I would like to know why Eloy decided to. Uh, sort of hang on the wall. I, I were, you know, I wonder if it's because he was worried about bracing himself for the fall that was coming after the jump. You know, we'll never know. Uh, he'll, he'll meet the media at some point and talk about it, but you know that that'll come in due time. But your uh, initial reaction, we didn't talk about this play a lot when we talked to uh, Nash Walker from Locked On Twins. We sort of talked about this concept and fearing what was coming down the road here. But your thoughts just on you know hearing the news today. Uh, the play that happened and anything else uh, you want to sort of get off your chest about this thing because it was just a heavy day and I won't uh, criticize you for taking it any which way you want to take it. I think it's a failure by the White Sox and Eloy himself to not get the message across that he's not there for fielding and doing extra other than catching balls, fielding balls hit at you, strictly prohibited your job on this team is to hit that's it catch the balls that are hit to you do not jump do not dive ever ever and and i know that rick said you can't take the competitor out of there the baseball player out of there but you take that away from him like he can't you know governor his own effort to be just regular like Balls hit at me, I'll catch them. Balls hit to my left, I'm watching out for my man, um, Luis Robert, because I don't want to injure him and I don't want to injure myself. Balls hit to my right, I'll do my best to catch him in the air. And if I can't, I'll just go and field it and throw it back in. It's a failure by the whole organization to understand that he has done this multiple times, multiple times getting injured. Charlie Tilson hitting the wall a couple times. Going into the net last year with the uh, Christian Yelich inside the ballpark home run. And then this one where there's no chance for him to catch the ball. Even if it's a regular season game, I don't want him to try to catch that ball. But much less a, a goddamn spring training game. Who cares? It's practice. Don't do extra. And it's weird to say. It's weird to chastise him for doing extra, but I've wanted him to be the designated hitter ever since it came up. And he's so resistant against it because he's so young. And then everybody's like, well, you don't put a young player at designated hitter. And then they're going to do this same stuff with Andrew Vaughn this year. So what's, what is it? Is it, you don't put a young hitter, at designated hitter, or you just don't feel like Eloy needs to be the designated hitter. This scores the fact that it should be 100% when he comes back to play a designated hitter. No other questions. And Rick was mealy-mouthed about it today about if he's going to be putting the hammer down and saying, 
you're 100% a designated hitter. I wanted to hear that in the conference today because this is the way he gets hurt. Like, I know last year he got hurt probably, what, sliding into home plate in the Cleveland game and maybe a celebration after the Lucas Giolito no-hitter. But you have to do something about his off-injuredness, and you got to make sure that you limit the times that he can be hurt. So this is on the organization, them not telling him, you are a designated hitter, your job is to hit on this team. That's it. Yeah, you know, it's it's not the easy position to try and, and defend Eloy Jimenez today. Um, and I, I'm only going to do so to a certain extent because I do agree with you that he should know better. Like, he's been around long enough to realize what matters and what doesn't. Um, but I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes. We have – he has guys like us and, and everywhere around sports radio It's saying that – you know, you know, you're in the prime years of your life, and you're nothing more than a designated hitter. You're just a bat. But this kid grew up being a baseball player, so I, I try to keep that in mind. And he just talked about it, literally a few days ago, and how he wanted to prove everyone wrong, and he wants to be a, a, an outfielder. He wants to play. He doesn't want to be a DH. So, it, to put yourself in his mindset, playing in a game where he's got his new teammate. Lance Lynn, and I'm not saying it's Lance Lynn's fault, but I think maybe he's trying to endure himself to one of his starting pitchers and and give him real effort, not knowing, though, that I think if Lance Lynn had his say, he would say, hey, don't do that. It's just spring. We're just out here working. But I think there's only so many opportunities you have if you're Eloy Jimenez to to work on things during a game. And, yeah, it was questionable judgment for sure, but I just think that – the same thing that makes Eloy great behind the plate, the same thing that can make him look bad in an at-bat and then turn around the next at-bat and just do something awesome, like you know, take a pitch inside and go the opposite field with it, like something that a seasoned veteran would do. Like That same thing that makes him not dwell on, on the mistakes I think is what makes him a, a great hitter. And I think he was trying to take that mentality out to the field, this this – you know, this, this joyous attitude and, you know, just having fun. But it's sad because, I you know, I think he's still maybe not mature enough to realize that he's way more important than he realizes. And sometimes you just have to pick your battles. And it's it's unfortunate. Sadly, I think now he, he'll understand. Um, and, and I don't know about what you said about Rick saying that, yes, today, from this point forward, he's a DH. I, I don't think that does anything to help today. I think maybe that's a conversation they have with him after his surgery and maybe not have him dwell on that now because that's like, you know, he already got the blow that he's not going to be around for five months. So why just, and you know, tell him that that's it for you. You're, you're done at, at and left field. I don't think that helps anyone, um, but they all are, are, they're all adults here. So they can really ultimately do what they want. But I, I think that conversation will be had uh, quickly here before we get to what Steve Stone said. I think you pretty much already said it, but do you think he ever sees any time in the outfield ever again in a White Sox uniform? Yes, because they're going to play in National League ballpark, so he needs to have his bat in the lineup. And that's, you know, a thing that you can deal with. Once in a while, he's in a National League ballpark. They still do that dumb rule. They brought it back where the pitchers have to hit. So, yeah, when he comes back and if they haven't changed the rule by then, he can be in left field for those nine innings, or if he gets replaced in the seventh, fine. But his bat plays, so I would be very hesitant to not have him in the lineup, even in a National League ballpark. So, And ask any pitcher that they see Eloy Jimenez on the other side. They're like, no, I'm good, son. I'm real good. I don't care if he can not 
field and left field that that bat is a deadly weapon so yeah i think what six seven eight times a year he should play left field other times no not at all he's the all-time designated hitter yeah i i I agree i i think you know we always said at least i always said that the best idealized version of this white Sox team is eloy and left um but i think they're going to realize that they're going to have to supplement that in some other way i think he won't be the opening day left fielder in 2022 um you know i think that would be the smart move now i'm willing to concede at this point you know even though i think after going through something like this you'd think eloy would be smart enough to be like you know what everyone else was right <laughs> and i'm done trying to prove myself because i'm you know at the end of the day like i'm putting my career and in the career of others in jeopardy by continuing this type of behavior so i i, I tend to agree with you there um this is what Steve Stone said today. He was on the Parkinson Spiegel show on the score. And Stoney, usually very, very measured and sort of, you know, a calming influence and a smart take on things. And this this is a smart take on it. But he went in harder than I would have imagined Stoney going in on Eloy in this situation. But this is what Steve Stone said to Parkinson Spiegel today on the play that Eloy attempted to make on Wednesday. Well, what I said at the time, so this isn't you know, a Monday morning quarterback situation, but I said it was a very dumb play. Uh, number one, it's spring training. Number two, you got about a week to go before the season starts. Number three, he missed the ball by 15 feet. And so the one thing that Eloy hasn't learned yet, and he's learned a lot, but the one thing he hasn't learned is he can't possibly help this team unless he's in the lineup. And so you have to learn to protect yourself. I think that was uh, not uncharacteristic of Stone, but it, it seems like that was uh, an opinion weighted by maybe possibly seeing something like that in his own career and it was one of his own teammates, but that sounded like it was a it was an area that he was most familiar with. Yeah, you can't help your team on the bench. I don't care how great Eloy is a teammate. His value to this team is his bat, and that's what got him to the majors. That's what's going to keep him in the majors. That's what's going to get him the big money after this extension that he signed with the White Sox. His bat. And the sooner he comes to realize that the only thing that matters for him is being healthy, then the sooner he'll become the player that he is projected to be. This I, I applaud him trying to be a complete player, and I don't know who put this in his head to be that complete player, but you know, I curse that person. <laughs> what they need to do, and they're grown folks, as you said, they need to sit him down and have a real talk with him and say, we have a Hall of Famer. There's a statue right out there. It's 35. Look up there. Yeah, he started playing first base, but he realized he couldn't play first base and help this team at its potential, at its uh, highest potential. He became the first designated hitter to make the hall of fame you want to be on that track go ahead let's do it you want to suck you want to be carlos lee go ahead put the numbers up but you're not being in the game and not being in the lineup hurts us and it hurts you so we need you only to think about hitting and it's hard you've never done this in your life and we understand this but we were going to give that job to Andrew Vaughn. And we think you're a much better hitter than Andrew Vaughn. So we think that you're 
more suited and better suited to the position of designated hitter because you're a great hitter and because your fielding is trash. You haven't proven us wrong on this at all. Not one time. You have never proven us wrong. Every time that ball goes in left field, everybody worries. So I don't care if this hurts. I don't care if it is a tough pill to swallow. Your job on the White Sox is designated hitter. It's no, there's no, there's no conversation about this. And this has to happen with Tony, with Kenny, with Jerry, and with Rick Hahn. They all have to say this to him 100% unequivocally that you are a designated hitter and make it known to everybody that this is what we want. And if he doesn't go with it, you got him for what, five or six more years? He has to. That's his, that's, that's what you're putting him in. You're penciling him in designated hitter that's what you're doing and you mentioned number 35 uh the great frank thomas the white Sox have all the resources in the world they've had some of the best dhs of all time you know in frank tomy works for the organization so if they need to hire you know a sports psychologist to help this young man deal with the the struggles of the just being on your own island in terms of being a dh and taking every failure with you down into the clubhouse and taking that and carrying it to next at bat and learning how to not do so then they should explore every single option uh, like that because he's far too important. Uh, you know, he's already missing almost an entire season in their championship window because of this behavior. Uh, all right, Herb. So and missed most of the playoffs last year. Had to leave after he hit a double. We just talked about hurt. that yesterday yep. about how who knows how different that series would have gone had Eloy not had to take himself out of that game there. You know, so um, all right. So put your Teflon suit on, Rickon. If you're Rickon right now, Herb, what are you doing? What what's what's the first move you make? What's your plan, short term, long term for till through 2021? Let's just say that. I'm going out. I've already mentioned the guy's name, and I don't think uh, a lot of people I haven't been listening to radio all today. But Josh Reddick is a consummate professional. He can give you a professional bat. He bats from the left side. He'll field most of the balls hit to him. And that's a short-term fix right there for the White Sox. Um, he'll, it's not great. It's not awesome. I think he's 35 now or will be 35 this year. He it, just turned 34 in February. Okay, so. 34. So he's not going to be an ass kicker. I want somebody who's going to field the ball. He's a below-average hitter. I don't want to roll dice on Puig. I don't want to roll dice on Cespedes to see if they're – going to be good. I think their negatives as far as the clubhouse and what they've done in their career will far outweigh what they bring to the table and positives. So I'm going to go with a guy that is comfortable with a championship caliber team. I'm sure that Dallas Keiko will vouch for his character. And um, uh, that's a perfect guy, Like uh, especially since he hits from the left side. You break up the right-handedness of this team and you give a professional bat every time you go up to the plate. And he won't be an ass-kicker, guys. Don't think this is an ass-kicking move. I don't want – I just don't want this team to go with a less than um, stellar choice just because they're in the organization. I've been hearing Gavin Sheets. I'm good. I'm real good. Like, I know Tony loves him, but just give me a Major League Baseball player that's – been through the grind that understands these pitchers and will catch the balls that are hit to him and won't get hurt as much. So 
Josh Reddick will be my guy where he doesn't play every game. You do a straight platoon with him and somebody else in left field, but Josh Reddick will be a solid pickup for the White Sox, I believe. Now, Rakan was asked about exploring outside options, and you can sort of read between the lines here. You talk about Puig, who was not an option for me at all. Uh, here's what Rakan said about, uh, you know, are they going to explore guys, you know, does character matter, basically, when they're looking at uh, whoever they're going to be looking at from the outside? Makeup matters. It matters. In any edition, it's something that we consider. Uh, but as we know, over the last six weeks, been able to be around this group and feel you know, what they're made of, it's, a, it's going to continue to be a consideration. I will say that it's a strong enough, professional enough, mature enough group, veteran enough group that I don't think one guy is capable of necessarily derailing that. That said, anyone who walks through that door, we need to make sure is committed to, to achieving the goals that that group has for itself. So you can kind of know who he's talking about when it says makeup matters. I think it's pretty clear that's uh, Puig we're talking about there. I'm just, you know, assuming. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say this. If I'm Rakan, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to go out and, and sign someone. Josh Reddick may may patch a hole for a brief period of time. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind. You You only have to weather the storm here. I think until Adam Engel comes back, which is supposedly only going to be a couple weeks. So I think you'll see a heavy dose of Liuri in left, Eaton in right, and you know you'll you'll do that until until uh, Engel comes back. And I just think that's what they'll do. Um, there's there's no perfect option out there. You know I, I I think they're good enough to withstand this injury. The offense is not going to be a problem for this team. Yeah, it's it's a guy with 40 home run power taken out of the lineup, but I think this lineup is still versatile enough and the pitching staff still good enough where they're going to win a, a ton of games. And, you know, I'm, I hate to say they're not going to miss the bat, but I, I think maybe there's a silver lining here. And uh, I, I think maybe an improved outfield defense when you have guys like Dallas Keuchel who could be looking at a possible regression here coming off his stellar year in 2020, but a guy that pitches to contact – uh, maybe a guy like Lance Lynn who's getting up there who we may see, uh, you know, another – maybe he f- falls off a little bit. He can't keep up his Cy Young, you know, perennial Cy Young runner-up, uh, you know, status. So maybe you do rely heavily on outfield defense. You know, I don't know, you know, how good Leori is going to be out there in left field. That may be an adventure, but you really only have to weather it until Adam Engel comes back. And then I think you have Engel in left and Eaton in right. And how sad is this? This was an option that we talked about. Uh, before Eloy was hurt, saying just put Eloy at DH, have the two Adams on the corners, and, and call it a day. I think that's something that we talked about quite a bit. And now, unfortunately, you're gonna you may have to see a heavy dose of that without Eloy at DH. Um, we'll take a quick timeout. Should we let the people vent on the other side of this, Herb? Let's do it. All right, we'll be back after this on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, yes, it's over, but the NBA, college hoops, bracket season, and the NHL, they're all in full swing. And not to mention, we've partnered up with betonline.ag. This Friday show, we're going to go over prop bets. And coming up later on in the show here, we're going to place our bets for MVP, pennant winners, and World Series winners. Where do we think the White Sox will fall in these categories? 
got to stay tuned to the rest of the show. But you can bet on all sorts of things. You can bet on Cy Young, MVP, most home runs. There's so much fun stuff going on with baseball at betonline.ag. And you can even bet on award shows. If you're digging reality TV, they've got prop bets for that as well. The odds are updated in real time, and you can bet on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds as well. It's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on. That's betonline.ag. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features an in-depth look at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herb, we got some voicemails. Should we open up the bag? Yeah, let's go. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Uh, how can they email? How can they call us? For email, it's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's old school. New way, <laughs> 312-566-8727. to leave us a voicemail. Uh, you're lucky you've been on vacation. You've you've kind of stayed away from some of the uh, the negativity. It's it's been a total shit show on White Sox Twitter today. You're, you know, trying to find uh, optimism and 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 reason and logic. It's it's been few and far between. And there's certainly going to be a time and place where we can chastise the organization for their lack of of spending in the Dominican and in Venezuela. Uh, you know, and things like that, and maybe drafting too many, having too many redundancies in the draft. Your Zach Collins, your Andrew Vaughn, you know, um, but there's a time and place for that. Um, you know, it, it's certainly poignant now, but it doesn't do anything. It's not going to bring Eloy back. Um, but this is what the vibe was like. And here's uh, someone, uh, one of our great supporters of the show, uh, leading us off here on the voicemail. Hey, guys, Mike Victor. So, so frustrated. All off season talking about the same thing. Death. Now we're killed with it right before the season starts. Cespedes by the end of the day, probably. Maybe a trade, give up too much for someone. So mad. Talk me down, guys. Talk me down. Give me some hope. Not good. Take care. Yeah, that's kind of how we all felt today. And, you know, Mike will wake up today on Friday morning and he'll realize the sun, the sun still shined out there and, you know, no. opening day. Oh, no. <laughs> We're taping this Thursday night, so we don't know if the sun will actually shine tomorrow. So full full disclosure here. Um, you know, but opening day is still only a few days away. But, you know, I, I think I kind of gave you a little bit of optimism there in terms of maybe an improved style of baseball around the margins, like, you know, maybe a little tighter defense there. Um, in the outfield, I think that's the best way to spin it right now. But what do you think about uh, about Cespedes? And do you have any encouraging words for for Mike Victor? Um, you know, Cespedes. I mean, if the guy that was in Oakland shows up, or maybe some Boston times, yeah. But he's been a total bust in New York, and I think he you know he got his cash and cruised, and that's not a real big indictment because most of us, you know, we get a nice generating or generational wealth from poverty. Maybe we do cruise because we've made it quote unquote. So I hope he's had a little humble pie this last couple of times being injured 
um, on his own farm. You know, I think uh, the story was that a, a wild pig he was chasing and he like stepped in some uh, pothole or something in his house or whatever. But hopefully being released by the Mets and having to sit at home and seeing his brother signed by the White Sox gives him a little motivation. He's like, I've missed baseball. I want to play it again. And this team has a hole to fill and a lot of my fellow countrymen there. So I feel right at home and I'll feel uh, inspired to play like I played when I wanted to get off the island and wanted to come to the major leagues and show my wares. That could be that guy. You could have a rejuvenation, but that's rolling dice there with uh, Jonas Hespis. I say couldn't hurt, might help. So I'm not too anti-Jonas Cespedes. Yeah, they were at the workout. They were one of, I think it was 11 teams that attended the workout to see Joanna Cespedes earlier on in the spring. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm willing to explore it because if that's anything we've learned here this offseason and this spring is that you can never have too much of anything. Because, you know, if someone can go down and all of a sudden, you know, you could be looking at, oh, who, what are our options around here? Oh, they're not very good. Um, I will just say this. I don't think Andrew Vaughn's going to be playing left field. I think they're saying that for maybe an emergency, you know, just so we, the, the optic is, is not there where it's like, oh, here's a here's a, a blowout here. You know, what the hell is Andrew Vaughn doing out there? You know what I mean? Or if there's, I don't know, what, what possible situation it could be. But they're, they, they're going to try to get him a lot of work here this last week of, of spring. Probably too little, too late. But if anything, Andrew Vaughn has to see like, oh, I don't want what happened to Eloy <laughs> to happen to me. So odds are they're not going to have him out there, but they're just going to have him ready just in case. I think he'll get Let the – Let me go correct ahead. myself on the early New York stuff was pretty good for Jonas Estes. Yeah. And he started resting his laurels and not great. Yeah, so I don't think you'll see Andrew Vaughn out there and left. You know, I, I will say this again. Again, we, I think we talked about it yesterday with Nash. Like, this is is going to be a year where the White Sox are betting a lot on themselves and their organizational structure and their scouting. You know, like, and we're going to find out a lot about a lot of guys this year, from your Andrew Vaughns to your Zach Collins, and maybe even Adam Engel. Adam Engel would have probably earned a job if he were with, you know, most other teams that were mm-hmm. not trying to go out there, like, unless you're the, the Padres or the Mets. Like, Adam Engel probably would have earned a gig in most other uh, towns across baseball. So, you know, I, I think this will hopefully be a good year for Adam Engel, and maybe it'll be all for naught, and he'll play stellar defense and give you just enough at the plate. Uh, where you're not worried too much about Eloy, but you know I, th- I think Eloy will be back in September with, with just enough time to get ready for the postseason. The question is, can they weather the storm long enough and have enough depth to get them through that point and and have enough to to get yourself in the playoffs? Because I think still I'm going to hold fast to my World Series prediction because this may not be the road that we chose for them and they chose, but I think still ultimately they're going to end up in the same destination. We've got one more uh, voicemail here. Uh, let's see who it is. Danny and Herb, this is Ray Lewis from Highland Park calling, although I am a Rogers Park native, just like you, Chris. Um, but I saw the nice graphic about the uh, uh, number here. wanted to call in and air my Eloy grievance um, just to add to the list of voices I'm sure you're getting. Uh, Eloy is my favorite player on this team right now. The joy is so infectious. Um, I know that the Hi Mom cameos, aren't necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but um, I'm all about it. It's the only current Sox player jersey uh, whose jersey I have, but it's just days like this, things like this, that make it so hard to 
totally get behind um, having him as my favorite player. Um, it is just really sad to not be able to see him this year. I, I think the two hardest parts, maybe three hardest parts about this are don't get to see him in the park for the next five or six months. Um, and also, it doesn't really matter how good the White Sox are. If they have 80 wins, or 90 wins, or 100 wins, there's always going to be that um, uh, if factor. Like, um, what if he was healthy? Then we could have won this, these many more games or had this outcome. And um, it's going to suck just to have that what if hanging over our heads. Plus, Cherizy 74 home run prediction is in uh, <laughs> jeopardy here. So, But maybe not impossible. Anyways, thanks for taking the voicemail. Love the uh, show. Listen every day, guys, um, and keep it up. Bye. Thank you, Ray Lewis, uh, Rogers Park represent. Thank you for taking time out, Ray Lewis, from obstructing justice to join the show today. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I think Ray just kind of feels how we all feel. Like, you know, we all we all love Eloy to death, man. But I think a lot of us are, are, are still just disappointed in him today, I think, you know, after – uh, what he did, um, you know, but I don't think anyone's going to be more upset than he is about his own situation. So I think uh, Ray relates to what all of us are, are saying here. Coming up after a very brief timeout, we'll recap today's 108 tourney and preview Monday's show here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you go to Built Bar on Twitter at bar underscore built they've got built bar madness going on right now and you can vote for which built bar is your favorite and i gotta tell you built bar they confuse me all the time on which one's my favorite especially when i get these drops saturday i come home from running some errands and what's waiting for me at my doorstep is i have two new boxes from built bar but i didn't order any built bars what in the world is going on here see built bar rolls out these new flavors every once in a while and they like to send them to us so we can talk about how good they are. And you may have seen them promote what they have called Built Bar Puffs. Banana Cream Pie Marshmallow is one of the flavors that they had along with churro marshmallow. And these things are just delicious. They're a little lighter than the traditional Built Bars, I think, but they're just as delicious. I gave one to my wife. She enjoyed it as well. And this Banana Cream Pie Marshmallow has 130 calories only with 17 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. They also sent me what was an amazing flavor. I've got it right here in front of me. Birthday cake with sprinkles. Now, the only thing I will say is I wish they would have sent me more because I think this might be one of my new flavors, but it might be too late. So when you're hearing me talk about it, you better get to builtbar.com right now and see if they still have this flavor available. It's birthday cake with sprinkles. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. This one in particular, white chocolate, just 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and it is delicious. It even has a couple of little sprinkles in there so you could feel like it's your birthday even though it is not. Go to BuiltBar.com now. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Look, I use the Built Bars in real life. They're delicious. They're helping me on my weight loss journey. I'm down 7 pounds from about a month ago and I, I couldn't be happier and Built Bar has been such a huge part of my weight loss. Go to BuiltBar.com and see the flavors that they've got cooking up. They may run out, so you got to act fast. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, and go to Built Bar on Twitter and find out who will be the best-tasting protein bar.
The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features an in-depth look at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, quickly, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. we do have to do a quick 108 uh, tourney recap today. White Sox fan, 108 tournament. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tony. Um, so, uh, sorry, Herb, that your your run is over. Uh, in, in the 108 tournament, you lost to a very formidable opponent in Layla Rahimi, 52.1% to 47.9. And I will, I will share some of the blame on that today back at the shop is what we call the station. Uh, it, was a, it was a heavy day, a newsy day. The Bulls making a big splash today. So I, I was not focused a lot on Twitter 108 tourney today. I, thankfully, I was able to pad a nice little lead for myself, which we'll get to in a second. But why am I even wasting my breath here? Let's let the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Cherizi, recap today's uh, uh, tallies. First up is uh, Layla Rahimi beats Herb Lawrence. That's a good matchup. That was really close. And, you know, a little bit of kudos to, to Herb for taking the high ground and not trying to trick a bunch of Scientologists into voting against Layla. So I'm glad he didn't do that. We'll see what right. her next opponent does. Good he idea. might he might not be as as trustworthy. It was and he's up next. He beats Chris Kampka. <laughs> uh, solid victory for that guy. It's uh, it's impressive that he's he's been making such a run, even though he so blatantly disrespected me. Yeah, so, sorry about that. I've since apologized. Those guys hold a grudge, don't they? I will say, though, uh, recruiting a Scientologist to go against Layla would have been a good strategy. Like, Cherizi would be a great uh, 108 tourney campaign manager, if you ask me. And now I find myself in the position to where I'm going up against Layla, and I might have to consider that. <laughs> but at your your lasting thoughts here as you, as you as you dearly depart the 108 tourney on the same day that Eloy departs the season. I mean, I made it much farther than I would think that I make that I would have made it um, before the season started or the uh, tournament started. So I'm pleased. I mean, to lose to Layla, it's fine. She's got a radio show. She was on pre and post for the White Sox last year and years before. She's got a following. She's to only lose to her by like what four points. I'll take that as a dub. And additionally. Our show has you in the, I think that's the Elite Eight. So I'm happy that you got there. And I know that you have a better chance to beat Layla than I had at beating her. So Why? I'm Let's all, handicap that. Why do I have a better chance? Because just like you said the other day, you're, I think you're. Are, not, am, I, am I riding the momentum of the Gas Money Bob win? People are like, damn, this guy beat Gas Money Bob. I might throw, yeah, throw my vote behind and, him. Yeah. You're not polarizing people like you, except for Cherizi, of course. <laughs> yeah, I understood. And my sucks, my sucks, Summer hates you, and so does uh, Beef Loaf. The whole 108 hates you. It's working great but, for them, by the way, if they hate me in this tournament. It is. You're the bad guy. You are Razor Ramon. He'll turn, yeah, Chico. And so, yeah, you have everything you need. You have the blowtorch of 50,000 watts at the afternoon drive. You know, I'm on noon to 2 and Cubs are going to preempt most of our show coming up, but people know who you are. White Sox fans consider you as the more cerebral, more intelligent <laughs> part of this whole locked on Sox thing. And we're a couple of dumb, we're a couple of dumb out and, Yeah, came out and voted for me, a lot of them. And I appreciate yes, that. It was a did. lot of people who supported me today. And, you know, the, the juggernaut of Layla Rahimi was just a little too much to me 
to overcome. I started the day off and it, she was already beating me before I even posted anything. I think that you're going to come up with something clever and she's going to throw some votes your way, which she did today. She said, I voted for Herb too. And so I think that when it's all said and done, Tandy will be a representative in the final four for this one way tournament. Yeah, that's I, what I'm hoping for, and I'll be campaigning big time for you. Look, I, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I wish I could have done a little bit more for you today. I'll be totally honest, but I did not, and I apologize for that. But yeah, man, I, I feel good about my chances. And the way I see it is, like, I, you know, if you're if you're in something and taking part, like, why not try and win? Like that, you like we're clearly trying today, and I appreciate your effort. I saw your your video in the sand. Uh, it's very peaceful um, mm-hmm. and poignant. I would say. I went up against. Chris- you see my video in the Appalachian Mountains, Appalachian Mountains. No, I was waiting on it all afternoon. I think you had maybe cell reception issues there. I so. did. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't post. Courtney told me what, like four hours until until we were done. We were in that place for like an hour plus for an accident. <laughs> yeah, just, it said stand still. It posted at six forty seven p.m. Chicago yeah, time. So yeah, yeah, I was driving. I posted Actually, that thing at like three o'clock. I know you did. You texted me, and Shane and I were waiting. You know what I was doing at six forty seven? I was having beers with Pat Manley. I was oh, yeah. He came you. he came by the studio today and he brought his Aunt Judy's lasagna and some long snapper IPA and we were just throwing him back in Shane's office today safely. Um, some, some crushable IPAs, delicious. <laughs> absolutely tight head brewing. You should represent. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go back and check your video. Although it's all for naught now. Um, but anyway, I went up against Campka today, who I adore. You know, there are not many greater baseball minds here, uh, definitely in the White Sox family than Chris Campka working at NBC Sports Chicago on the White Sox Talk podcast, one of my favorite people on planet Earth. And, you know, he beat me last year, so I did get my revenge. But I will say this Mm -hmm. here. I have this reveal here. Um, So I figured I'd try to step it up a notch here going up against Kampka, who is a more likable version of myself. Like I think now putting yourself out here on a podcast five days a week, uh, you're exposed a little bit for more of your, your actual self. Like as you know, I think people get a better idea of who I am, and I think that's hurt me in a lot of ways. Um, but like sometimes it helps, but other, sometimes not so much because I do say things that sometimes you know I like to break balls, and people don't always like that. But uh, I tried to recruit someone to go against uh, Chris Kampka in the tourney today, and uh, I went on cameo the other night. And I, I started, you know, had my started brainstorming, and I, I went around and I found none other than Chuck Garfine, and I, I shot Chuck Garfine the money to do a cameo, and I was like, oh, this will be good. Like, I'm not gonna have him shit talk Kampka. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna actually say nice things about Kampka, uh, but ultimately, you know, my pitch was Kampka may have the best baseball brain. But Tanny has the money to throw me a cameo, so I'm endorsing Chris Tannehill. That's what I wanted Chuck to say. Uh, Chuck got back to me very quickly the next morning. Uh, Chuck says this. This is a DM. Uh, Chris, your cameo request is stellar, but I can't go against Kamka. I reply, boo, understood. Who could ever go against Kamka, really? And by the way, solid interview with Tony LaRussa. And then he said some nice things about our podcast as well. So, yeah, all is well and good with with Chuck and I. I just thought I'd take a shot, but ultimately ended up not needing it because Chris Kamka, I don't think he even tried today. He didn't even try to win. I think if Kamka would have tried, he would have beat me. But such is life, man. I'm going to just take it and take take my uh, take my dub here and, and move on to the next round. But how great is that, though, about, about Garfine? How do we feel? Do we like him more or less? No, we like him more. That's a <laughs> that's a stand up dude. Yep. He won't just take money and trash his friends. You know, my man Southpaw though is <laughs> all about. That's what I'm I'm I didn't I didn't trash uh, Alyssa, but uh, yeah, he's like a coworker. Nah, I'm good. 
fifty dollars to White Sox charities means more. Yeah. So all right. Well, yeah. That that was the precedent. I took I took a page out of your book here, and I thought that would be funny. Uh, but uh, it was it was rebuked. But I won anyway. So we'll 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 break down. Uh, the results of Monday on Tuesday. So what, what we're going to do on Monday's show is we have our future show, which we had to go back and amend a little bit, where we place our bets and do win totals, MVP, home runs, rookie of the year, Cy Young, all that good stuff. That's on Monday's show. I'm going up to Galena with the fam this uh, weekend. I said the fam, the family this weekend. Uh, oof, oh God, we're, no, exactly. So I'm going out to Galena. And we're going to do a little quick reset and get back at it, but we won't have to record, thankfully, on my little mini vacation. And you've been a good sport recording on your real vacation, so I appreciate that. But Monday will be our future show, and Tuesday we'll recap whatever happened uh, during the 108 tourney versus myself and Layla. Hopefully we're talking about me moving on. Uh, and you know I'll be channeling my inner uh, Loyola Ramblers here and try to get to that Final Four. So uh, that's all I got. Fun and week- I'll be giving credit to somebody else other than you. Yeah, sure. The loyal tradition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's next week, man. It starts. You know, we're wrapping up here, man. Next week, baseball starts. So if you're sick of, uh, if you're you know, our guy Paul Correct, who's sick of hearing us talk about the one-way attorney, I still got one of his messages to get to. Still got Uncle Pete's message to get to. But uh, speaking of Pete's, Pete Hand, I appreciate your early endorsement this morning. I think that helped a lot. But that's all I got. Uh, Monday won't be a mailback show. It'll be our future show. And uh, that's it for tonight, man. Like, just I appreciate everyone reaching out, voting. Appreciate everyone commiserating with us. And misery loves company on a bad White Sox day today, man. But things will be okay. I can assure you that. Yeah, Galena. It looks like a your guy Ulysses S. Grant's house up there. Oh yeah, my so guy. Yeah. Maybe you can stay up there. <laughs> I didn't know it was that high up there in Illinois. Damn, they're yeah. going far. I know. Bump that. I know. Uh, but I should wife already said I can watch the Ramblers on Saturday and they, they're going to go up to the pool or whatever they're going to do. And I get to stay and watch the Ramblers go blurs. I don't know why they, they came up with that. These young kids, they can't do anything. A hundred percent. Everything has to be shortened. So they say go blurs. <laughs> kids are dumb. Yes, they are. That's all. All right. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. My name is Herb Lawrence Ecknawal 23 on Twitter. The show is at Locked on Socks, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there, subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and we might be sending you out a Locked on Socks prize pack. 312-566-8727 is the way you get on the show for our voicemail segments or old school Locked on Socks at gmail.com for email. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on the somber but hopeful edition of Locked on White Sox.